0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Verses one through 10, Acts chapter 16. It says, Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek, and he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul went, wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees, which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. Verse six, they passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia to help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I'm gonna title this message today, Follow the Clues. I wanna let you know that there is a God-given mission that's waiting for those who are willing to pay attention. When you look here in Acts chapter 16, Paul is beginning his second out of three missionary journeys that we know of in the book of Acts. And so he's getting, um, getting ready to go on this trip and he starts by going to a familiar stomping ground. He goes to a place called Lystra in Derby. Now this wasn't Paul's first time here. In fact, if you were to read in Acts chapter 14 in his first missionary journey, Paul had gone there before with Barnabas. And while things may have started off really good the last time he was in Lystra, it didn't end off so well. And when I say it didn't end off so well, I'm not saying that people didn't like his message. I'm saying that he was stoned and left for dead. Now, some people actually believe that he died and he was brought back up to life. Some people believe that he didn't really die, but he was on the brink of death. Either way, if I get stoned in a place and, and you leave me for dead, I'm not really sure that I feel the calling from God to go back to that place. I might say, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and sit this one out. But a couple of years later, now Paul finds himself right back in the same place. Sometimes just showing up takes courage. Paul shows up to this place. And while he's there, he, he finds this young man named Timothy. Timothy, if you read throughout the New Testament, you find that he becomes a big part of Paul's ministry and a big part of his life. And, and Timothy is, is well spoken of by everyone there. He's got a godly lineage. You can read about it actually in 2 Timothy 1, 5. But, but Paul wants to take him with him on his journey. But before he goes on his journey, he has to circumcise him. In other words, he's got to cut. Now, the reason why is because he is actually half Jew, and because he was half Jew, there would have been an expectation for those around, from from those that Paul was speaking to, that he would have been circumcised. Now, let me just pause for a moment and say this, because if you've been familiar with the book of Acts, you might know that in Acts... 15. One of the things that they made clear is that you do not have to be circumcised, which was one of the marks of being a part of the family of God, part of the Israelites, that heritage, you don't have to be circumcised in order to be a part of the family of God. And then in the very next chapter, in chapter 16, Paul circumcises Timothy for them to go on mission together. Now, why would Paul do this? Paul didn't do it because he needed to circumcise Timothy for salvation. He circumcised them because he wanted to remove whatever barriers he possibly could remove so that they could hear the gospel. Do you know that there are times that we have to be willing to give up our own rights to do what we want to do in order for the gospel to be heard? Sometimes we have to be willing to lay aside our own privilege in order for us to remove whatever barriers keep people from hearing the gospel. And this is what Paul is doing with Timothy. And so Paul, Silas, Timothy, they go on on their mission. And as you read verses four and five, what we find is that they're going from church to church, strengthening the churches, letting them know all the decrees that all the leaders and elders had um, said before, and things seem to be going well. Don't you love it when what you planned seems to be going just the way that you planned it? But then we get to verse six. In verses six through eight, it seems to be a little bit of a bump in the road. I want to reread this to you, if you can. It says in verse 6, they passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region. By the way, I actually had to practice saying that. So if you ever struggle with having to say names and words in the Bible, just know that I feel you right there. Um, Phrygian and Galatian region having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia and the spirit of Jesus did not permit them and passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas." Now, let's just pause here for a moment. They are traveling, and if you are able to look at a map, they started in a place called Antioch, and they begin heading westward. They stop in Lystra and Derby, and and then they go into the Asian region. region, And as they're there, they're trying to preach the gospel. and, And they're trying to go into Bithynia, which would have been a very strategic city for them to go into. And what do we find is that there is resistance. Now, the fact that there is resistance should not surprise us. Because if you're going to do anything for God, you should expect that there's going to be resistance at times because opportunity and opposition tend to go hand in hand. But what is surprising is that this resistance that they're dealing with is not from the devil. Who's the resistance coming from? Seems to be coming from God, because it's letting us know that if the Holy Spirit that didn't permit them to speak. And so now the doors seem to be closed and it's God that's closing those doors. Have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like the doors that should have been open to you were closed and God might've been the one behind them? Have you ever felt like there has been times where it's like, God, I, I was expecting for this tuition situation for me to work out or this job situation for me to work out because God, you know, I would have used the money anyway for my job to help bless somebody else. How come it didn't work out the way that I wanted to? Why am I dealing with this situation with my family? So, so why are these doors closing? I don't know about you, but I know that in this journey of life, there are times where it seems like there are doors that are closed that I really hoped would be open, things not going necessarily the way that I planned it. By the way, one of the places that they wanted to go to on the way back on their missionary journey, they ended up stopping in. So what that tells me is that sometimes God's no means not yet. And so they find themselves in a place called Troas. Troas is the place It's a coastal city, and now they're trying to figure out where do we go from here. The plans that they had didn't work out the way that they had planned for them to work out. They were trying to go into Asia and preach there, door closed. Wanted to go up to Bithynia, door closed. Now they're trying to figure out what do we do, we're in this place called Troas. Have you ever been in your own proverbial Troas? Have you ever been in a place where you had plans? Now, some of you are here because that's exactly what you planned when you were in high school, that when you graduated, you're going to be at this place at this time doing that major that you're doing. But there are other times where you find yourself in a place saying, you know, I really didn't plan it out like that. And so in verse 9, it starts to come together. In verse 9, we see that Macedonian vision. Here's what it says here. It says, a vision appeared to Paul in the night, A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You guys see that? Now it makes sense. I get it. God, these doors were closed because you wanted me to go into Macedonia. Macedonia would have been there first time going into Europe. This was a huge step in the furtherance of the gospel. And now everything seems to be made clear. Don't you love it when God makes it really clear for you? Don't you love it when God just makes it clear? Sometimes I'm like, God, if you want me to do something, let me know. But put some neon signs out there so I know that I'm doing what you want me to do. I remember one of my prayers that I prayed when I was was getting ready to, uh, I was thinking about going to ministry. I was like, God, I will go into ministry, but I need you to confirm that this is what you want me to do. God, just make your will known to me, and I'm gonna do exactly what you want me to do. I love it when God makes it clear. But how many of you know that Macedonian visions don't come all the time? I wish every time that we find ourselves, God, what major should I take? You know what? I'm just going to go to sleep. And when I wake up, God's going to make it real clear to me. Sometimes God works that way. Other times it's a little bit more subtle. But I think if we look here closely in this text, what we'll find is that there are some clues that they, they were willing to follow that I think helped keep them in alignment with the mission that God had for them. And the question that you have to ask are, what are the divine clues that God has left available for us so that we can know that we are running the race that God has for us to run? Follow the clues. Here's clue number one. Start with what you already know. I know that seemed real simple, didn't it? But see, here's the thing. When Paul began this journey, he didn't begin with the Macedonia vision. He started by doing what he already knew he was called to do. He was already called as an apostle to the Gentiles. He knew that he was supposed to go and strengthen the churches. So what he did was I'm going to go on the mission. And it was while he was on the journey that God gave him the vision. I want you to catch that it wasn't. God, make it clear, then I go. It was, God, I'm gonna do what I already know to do, and on the journey, God made it clear. Sometimes we can find ourselves so paralyzed in fear. Am I taking the right major? Am I going on the right mission trip? Am I joining the right church? Am I doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? I don't know. Is this, is, I don't know. Is this the right internship I'm supposed to be taking? Maybe, but maybe not. There's a lot of different things. Some of us can find ourselves at a place of unrest because we're just waiting. God, I'm waiting for the flashing neon signs. Maybe there's a prophet coming in town that can tell me everything I need to know so I know what my next step is. And the reality, God is saying, start with what you already know. What has God already made clear? What has he already spoken to you? What has he already said? You know, I can remember when I was um, getting ready to to graduate from college, I was a senior. What is the question that everybody loves to ask seniors? What are you doing next? Now, when you have the answer to that question, you love that question, don't you? Hey, hey, so what are you gonna be doing next? You know, I actually have this internship set up, and after I graduate, I'll start with this. In three years, I'll get a promotion where I'll be making six figures. And then people say, you've got your stuff together, you're so good. You know, we love that. But when you don't have the answer to that question, you don't always love that question being asked. Hey, what are you doing next? I don't know what I'm doing next, okay? I don't know. I'm just trying my best. I'm just trying my best. I'm trying to do whatever I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just trying hard. So I was at that place, my senior year of college, I can remember thinking, God, I don't know, am I going to go in vocational ministry? I think I'm called to minister, but I, I want money. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so maybe I'm supposed to, um, you know, I was playing sports, so maybe, maybe God, you want me to go into the NFL, but they weren't banging down my doors, if you know what I'm saying. And so I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I can remember there's this lady a little bit older, she said this to me, and there was so much wisdom. She said, Brian, you're so worried about all this. Listen, here's the thing. The question is not, what are you? supposed to do? The question is simply, where are you supposed to do it? See, Jesus already said in Matthew chapter 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all I've commanded. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. So guess what, Brian, whatever you do, you're gonna make disciples. Whether you're in athletics, make disciples. Whether you're in business, make disciples. Even if you're in ministry, make disciples. And so there's an understanding of God, I don't know everything that you have planned, but I'm gonna just start doing what you've already called me to do and I don't have to wait for a big vision for that to start. God already said love your neighbor as yourself. God already said make disciples of the nations. It's hard to hear God's call to the nations when you've not obeyed God's call to your neighbor. See God has called us to start with what you already know. So what has he already spoken and do that and do it as faithfully as you know how to do it. So the first thing is Start with what you know. And then the second point is this, make it about others. You know, when Paul got the vision, his vision wasn't about Paul do something great. His vision was Paul go and help somebody else. His whole goal of this journey was to help strengthen the churches that were there. So he was going to help other people. One of the things we love to say in our church and every nation Cincinnati all the time is that if the vision you have for your life only benefits you, then your vision is way too small. Whatever God has called you to, it's probably gonna involve helping somebody else. So God, what am I supposed to do? Start looking around. Where are there people around you that are suffering? Where are there people around you that are in need? Who's hurting around you? Who's hungry around you? Who are the people that need to hear the gospel around you? Well, God, I don't know if that's my calling. Well, it may not be over there, but that's a great start. So start serving people around you that need help. Make it about others. Start with what you know, make it about others. And here's my third clue that I wanna give you. Find your people. When God calls us to a purpose, he typically calls us to a people. I heard somebody say it like this one time, if you want to find your purpose, find your people. Now, when I say find your people, I'm not talking about be exclusive to other people as well, but I I believe that there are people that God calls you to walk with. You know, I want to look here at verse 10. I want to show you something here that just jumped out to me. You ever read scriptures and there's something that just kind of leaps off the page to you? Well, here's what leaped off the page to me in verse 10 says, when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go. I want you to catch that. When he, who's the he that he's talking about? Paul saw the vision. Do you know that not everybody got the Macedonia vision? Not everybody got a chance to see that big vision, but Paul did. But when he saw the vision, then we sought to go. You know what that tells me? is that the purpose and the mission that God had called Paul to was bigger than Paul. Paul was an anointed man. I mean, not that this would ever work. But if you ever wanted to stack resumes up against Paul, I think most of us are going to fall a little bit short. And as great as he was as a man of God, what God had called him to do required a team. He had Silas who started with him. He picked up Timothy in the first couple of verses. And then many people believe that that's the place where Luke joins them, the author of Acts, because you start hearing language like we and us. And so now he's got a team of people to go where God had called him to go. You know, one of the reasons why I think relationships in the body of Christ can be so difficult at times, sometimes relationships are difficult. And the reason why they become so difficult, I believe, is because on the other side of a fence is where we really find family and where we really find purpose. And so the question becomes, are we willing to fight for those relationships that God has given us? Are we looking to say, God, what are the churches that you call me? What church do you want me to connect with? What community do you want me to connect with? And who are the people, God, that you want me to run with? Who are the people that I need to fight for these relationships, even when they offend me, even when it's easier for me to just back off and live my own Christian life in isolation? God, who are the people that you're calling me to live in community with? Because if you don't know, well, I don't I haven't had my Macedonia vision. Well, find someone who has and link up with them so you can run together. If we wanna run the race that God has for us, ask yourself, who are the pacers in your life right now? Who are those people that are pushing you to run the race that God has set out before you? Who are those people that are saying, no, 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 get up, uh-uh, no, we're, we're, we're gonna keep going, we're gonna keep loving God. Nope, you're gonna have to forgive. Who are those people that are encouraging you when you wanna go into a slump? The people that are saying, no, 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 we're gonna get up this morning and go to church. I wanna sleep in, you know. Who are those people in your life Because if you want to walk in the purpose, you got to follow some clues. And many times those people are the people right around you. I'm going to end with this here. In verse 10, there's another word that stands out. And as we close, it says, when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go. That word immediately, you know what that that shows us? That there was a sense of urgency. Sometimes we don't know what the next step is. But when God makes the next step clear, there needs to be a sense of urgency. And so here's what I want to say to you. What has God first spoken to you? Has God spoken something that you've been failing to commit to do? Have some urgency today. You know, by the way, our first calling is not just to go and make disciples, but to come and follow. The same Jesus that told his disciples go and make disciples is the same Jesus that first told him in Matthew chapter four, come follow me. What has God told you to do? If there's something, some of you know right away in your mind, something that God has already spoken that you have not done, do it immediately. Do it with a sense of urgency. Who are the people that God has called you to connect with? Maybe there's some relationships that God is calling you to fight for. Fight for that. Fight for those relationships. Call them today. Reach out to that person today. Have some urgency. And if we do that, I wanna let you know that there is a God-given mission for those who are willing to pay attention to the clues.